Once again, today we celebrate the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe, also known as Christ uh, the King. This is actually a relatively new solemnity uh, for the church. It's not a too long a standing one. It's not even quite 100 years old yet. It was in 1925 uh, that Pope Pius XI instituted this feast with an encyclical uh, document called Quas Primas, which means in the first. And the reason that he issued this document was to respond to growing secularism and atheism. So throughout this homily, I'm going to uh, quote just put out. It was, it was 1925. What was happening? We can see it's right after, for the most part, World War I. But also we have a bunch of revolts going on in some countries that were very Catholic, actually, at the time. Uh, some revolts, of course, in Russia, and even closer to home in Mexico, where there's a great persecution of the church, uh, even to the point of uh, killing a priest and Catholics uh, in the 1920s. And so the Pope thought it would be an important idea to issue this, this document to let everyone know once again that Christ truly is uh, the king, even in the midst of turmoil. You can imagine during that time, with governments crumbling, how people may think this is the end, and yet this document was a reminder for each and every one of them, and for us as well, that gives Catholics hope. And whole governments around, as governments crumble around them, the assurance that what? Christ shall reign forever. And so often, we can fall into some sort of uh, kind of despair every once in a while when we see something, some good institution fall, or when we see a government uh, crumble, or whatever it may be. We can sometimes fall into despair, but we have to remember once again, who is our king? Jesus Christ is. And his kingdom, as we heard in our second reading today, has no end. It's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And as Catholics, we know how the story ends, that eternal kingdom in heaven. So even as a world can crumble around us, and once again, it feels like it in 2021 sometimes, with pandemic that happened and the mandates and everything else going on, and the uprising that seems to happen every single couple weeks now, we have to remember Jesus is our King. He is our Savior. And we're not living for this worldly kingdom. We're living for a kingdom in heaven. And that's one of the main points, the solemnity of Christ the King, to know that we have a King where his reign does not end. But we also know that we're called to bring this kingdom into this world as well. They're called to bring Christ into this world. Of course, you know, Christ took on uh, that his kingship is rooted in the incarnation, that he is fully God and fully man. And so he is both the divine Lord and the man who suffered and died on the cross. He is the one person, as the document states, of the Trinity that unites himself to human nature and reigns over all creation as the incarnate Son of God. 
And from this it follows that not only Christ should be adored by angels and, and, and mankind in heaven, but also here on earth as well, and that we are called to be subject to him in all that we do. We must acknowledge Christ's kingship with our whole life. He must reign in our minds, is what the document says. What should assent with perfect submission and firm belief to be revealed the truths into the doctrines of Christ. He must reign in our wills, which should obey the laws and precepts of God. He must reign in our hearts, which is for natural desires and love God above all things. And then we should, I love this, I love this line, but we should cleave to Christ, the King alone. What does that mean? To hang on to him alone. And how often we must do this. He must reign in our bodies and in our members, which should serve as instruments for the interior sanctification of our souls, or to use the words of the Apostle Paul, as instruments of justice unto God. And so he must reign not only in our minds and our hearts and our souls, but he must reign in everything we do. We must have that courage to bring that belief of Christ out into the public sphere as well. One of the other reasons that Pope Pius had written this document is because what he was seeing was that over and over again, governments were taking Christ out of uh, the public sphere. And citizens were allowing that to happen. I mean, how can a country like Mexico in the 1920s allow the persecution of the church to happen. We've been building up of people not standing up for their faith. Now, luckily, once the persecution started, they all stood up uh, for, for their faith, and that was a beautiful witness. But even today, how often we can fall into this point of, well, I have this private belief in Christ, but we're afraid to bring it into our public life. We're afraid to speak of it, so that people know that we truly are Christians. However, the church desires for us, and who is the church? By the way, we are the church, the people. The church desires that we acknowledge the reign of Christ not only privately, but publicly. And if we don't, then what's going to happen? The same thing that happened in the 1920s, and I dare to say the same thing that's happening now. Christ being taken out of the picture because we as Catholics, we as Christians are afraid to stand up for our beliefs and to let people know that Christ truly is our King. You know, this week on Thursday, we celebrate a beautiful national holiday. We celebrate Thanksgiving. And for most people, that brings a smile to their face. Some people go, whoo, I'm a little nervous about that one, Father family getting together, and we have a rule in our family. Some people say, no politics and no faith. No politics, no religion. I agree with one of those statements. Politics, keep those to the side sometimes, right? But if we're afraid to talk about our religion with our family, if we're afraid to talk about our faith, then what are we really doing in our life? Are we living that public way? And I know some people will say, we don't understand, Father. Whenever I bring up the faith, the people get upset. Okay. 
That's all right. You're getting them upset, but you're not getting God upset. We're called to be public witnesses. We're called to speak of our faith. We're called to let people know of our amazing King, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross not only for us, but for all of humanity. And how sad it is that people are afraid to let people know of our beautiful King and our beautiful Lord. How sad it is because it might offend them. And yet if they only knew how much God loved them, if they could only see, if they could only believe in this great king of ours. And yet, because of our weakness, because of our lack of courage, we're afraid to speak the truth. And we must stop that. We must be courageous. We must speak of the truth of God. Because if we do not, what is going to happen? God will continually be put to the side. We'll live in a world that is full of secularism, full of atheism, full of relativism, full of all the isms, and not full of God. And are we going to stand on the side and let that happen? Are we going to stand up and truly speak about our faith? Not hammered on people, but instead invite them to experience this amazing king who does everything for us. And so today, as we celebrate this solemnity, let us acknowledge we have a king and a kingdom that will never end, but he needs his servants, that would be us, to continue to speak of him, to live for him, to proclaim him, because he is a king of the whole universe. For those who believe, and those who don't believe as well, but we need to let him be known, not only in a private way, but in a public way as well.